Legends of Campion, the Genesis Era. A non-profit D&D fan-based audio drama. Written by Brad J. Taylor and D.T. Prater. Inspired by the unpublished works of Rochelle Hill. Episode 1, A Time Before Time. There we go. I think you're ready for the exhibition now. Good afternoon, Master. How does the day find you? Ah, my apprentice. I just finished restoring this masterpiece for the new Emperor. Quite the marvel. Especially when you know its meaning. I've never seen this piece, Master. Who are these figures? Uh, is this a representation of recent events? <laughs> no. No, my pupil. This goes back a long time forgotten. What do you know of the time before time? I can't say that I know much of it, Master. Sounds like a fanciful bard's tale. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's funny that you should say that, because most records of the time are only found in song and sonnet. I think, yes, perhaps it is time to pass on the knowledge. After all, you are going to succeed me as the high clerical archivist one day. Plus, I'm going to need you to host the exhibition so it would help to know what you're talking about. You, you want me to host? Why, yes. You've been an excellent student. But now I think you need to show your true quality. I, I, I'd, I'd love to know more, Master. The first thing you need to understand is that this world is not as young as most of us believe. History dates back to the first year of the dawning era, but the planet itself is nearly 2,000 years old. In the time before time, when the first version of this world was created, there was a time of great upheaval, when the Creator sent forth his ancient builders, known as Titans, to craft and shape this world he allowed them to spend nearly a thousand years living upon it to harmonize it with their energy. However, when he told them they would once again be requested to return to his side and leave it in the hands of his mortal races, many disapproved, including the primal fire titan, Infernos. This caused division and eventually all-out war between those who were loyal to the Creator and those like Infernos, who believed that the mortal races would destroy this beautiful paradise 
as they had so many before, and refused to let it happen. How long did this war last? For hundreds of years, until one fateful night when everything changed. The renegades had all but decimated the once beautiful planet and made their way to the Gate of Creation, where a few brave loyalists left in the surrounding land we know as Borigen now made a valiant last stand. Do not falter, my kin. Alkai is with us. These traitors will not gain any more ground. There's too many. They keep coming at us like this. We will make it through the night. We must hold. If we fail here, our last hope for this world dies. We cannot let that happen. Push the offensive. The loyalists knew that they may die here. Their dedication to the creator was all they needed to keep fighting against hopeless odds. Just when they began to renew their hope, however, a vicious, unseen energy ripped through more of their ranks, draining them of their life force and leaving nothing but ash. It just sucks the life out of them. <clears throat> what foul power is this? The rumble of the ground grew deafening, and before they knew it, the very land upon which they stood erupted, scattering the remnants of their front line. Where once their brethren stood defiantly, now stood for Thora, once a titan of spirit and life, now corrupted into a drainer of life and an enslaver of the dead. This is your best defense, creator. Weaklings and castaways. Your souls are not even worth the effort. Still, my beloved commands that you bow to him or be destroyed. For some reason, he thinks that there can still be a use for you in our glorious world. Thora? The fabled Titan Necromancer? The one that was brought back from the Void at the end of the Conquest era? The very same though she was more powerful in the beginning. How could they hope to defeat something that could kill their allies and then in the next breath drag their bodies back to fight them? They did what any dedicated army would. Their commander, though greatly injured, and the remaining 50 of 400 loyalists that had been trying to hold the renegades back, painfully staggered to their feet. <sighs> think we are going to bow to a traitor? You seem to forget who made us. The commander lunged ah! forward to attack for Thora with the little strength they had left, leading the remaining few into a charge. Fireballs, rocks, lightning bolts, and ice spears flew from either side of the battlefield. And the fifty became only ten. Despite this, they fought on. But then... What happened? A miracle, my people. A miracle from the Havens. 
A column of light cascaded into the ground between the opening forces. Then they were there. Who? Who was there? The warriors of the Creator, the Alvahiran. Led by the first and most beloved son, then called Chronotris. That's enough. Fethora, daughter of force. You dare to turn against the one who gave you dominion over guarding the life force of all creatures on this planet? Lord Chronotris, surely you cannot allow mortals to inherit this paradise, knowing that they will ravage it. With wars and death? I know that my father trusts that the mortals will find the right path, but they will need guidance. What you're doing is denying them even the chance to live? You're acting foolishly. Stop this madness, I beg of you. And in the meantime, they will destroy everything we've made again and again, until there is nothing left. Look around you. Your so-called allies have already decimated the majority of this world yourselves. With this foolish notion, you have to turn on our creator. Did you honestly believe Elkai would allow your actions to go unpunished? As if mocking the very idea, a deep, gravelly laugh filled the air around them. <laughs> Sinister and cruel. The heat became blistering, and the heavy sound of fiery footsteps grew nearer as the defenders came face to face with the primal fire titan himself, Infernos. The favorite son finally decides to join his brethren. For a warden of time, you certainly have a knack for being too late. Brother, you have no idea what you're doing. Stand down. End this madness. It's not too late to repent. Repent? You dare to talk to me about repentance when you too have seen what will happen if we let the mortals take this world. For eons we wandered at our father's behest, always standing aside and letting other races take what we craft. And it always ends the same way. The Cold One was right. The only way to save the remnants of the multiverse is to stop the Ark World from ever falling into the hands of mortals. You turn to him? He whose only purpose is to destroy and consume? There's a reason he was banished. Do you not remember what he did? Don't you get it? In all your travels throughout the multiverse, has he ever been wrong? Those planets, those inferior races, they all shared the same fault. They were destroying everything they were given by our father and laughing at him and at us. He annihilated more than just planets. He ripped entire realms apart and fed on their essence so he could try and challenge for the throne. He devoured Titan clans too in his takeover bid. And you want to follow his word? If we control the Ark World, all of us, together, he won't be able to take it. Don't you see? 
We're saving this world. We're saving our people. The only way to protect this world and the multiverse is to bring our father's will to fruition. A key place in the middle of the multiverse where races from all throughout existence united under the banner of their creator, Titan, and non-Titan. You aren't saving us by rebelling like this. You're dooming us all to the designs of the Devourer. You dare to think we are so weak that we need lesser races. In a moment of sheer rage, Infernos conjured a fireball the size of a moon. That must have been terrifying. It certainly was. But what was more terrifying was the words he roared as he hurled forth the fireball. I will incinerate all of you fools. Then no one will ever question our power again. Not even our dear father. That surely would have ended all of them. I mean, a moon-sized fireball? H how big were these beings? Even an ancient dragon would feel that. Well, well, you have to remember, these armies consisted of hundreds, maybe thousands of titans. The equivalent of several clutches of ancient dragons on either side. Not to mention the Alvahiran which were between Titan and Angel. But yes, a fireball that size would have definitely caused heavy casualties had Chronotris not acted as swiftly as he did. What did Chronotris do? Well, as soon as Inferno started to conjure the fireball, Chronotris conjured a power of his own. A time rift. A time rift? That must have taken incredible power. Well... He was the first son of the Creator, and a warden of time and the multiverse. As soon as Infernos launched that fireball, Chronotris had already counteracted. The fireball slowed to a halt and then traveled backwards through a portal that had been opened behind the Renegades, which then proceeded to drag Infernos, his generals, and the rest of the traitor forces through it. They were all banished that easily? Not so much banished, but displaced through the world and separated from each other. But it was not as easy as it seemed. It came at a great price. But still, it bought the Loyalists some extremely precious time. How long do we have? <sighs> They are in different places, but it won't take them long. We must marshal the Loyalists. Take heart, Kunzman. Recover your strength and prepare yourselves for what's ahead. We will bring the Creator's justice to these traitors. They will regret the day they ever raised arms against our father. We need to gather those of our kin who survived. This few cannot be the last of the Loyalists that are on this world. Bring us your wounded. We will treat them. Then we must move. I have never known this amount of hatred from the primals. Can we survive this? Have faith, my friend. The future of the multiverse depends on it. 
So, what happened to Infernos? Where did he end up? Legend has it that he woke up stranded on an island in the middle of a seemingly endless ocean with his power depleted. As you can imagine, it's hard enough for a being of pure fire to cross a vast body of water at the best of times. But being severely weakened at the same time, well, you could guess he wasn't the happiest at that moment. It is said that his roar of anger could be heard across the other side of the world. I will end you all! How can you be sure that's true? Well, that's the very purpose of our job. To read the stories of old and determine what happened and what it meant. I thought it was just organizing and storing old dusty manuscripts. <laughs> There's still much more to tell. This was Legends of Campion, the Genesis Era, a non-profit D&D fan-based audio drama written by Brett J. Taylor and D.T. Prater. Introducing Thomas Avenger as the Old Artifist and Infernos, T.J. Crovo as Young Artifist, Ryan Vanderkamp as Loyalist Commander, Frederick Trahagen as Loyalist Fire Titan Soldier, Sarosena as Loyalist Air Titan Soldier, Maya Michelle as Fathora, Andrew Lovato as Chronotras, Melissa Kirsch as Atreya, Brett J. Taylor as Phonon, Skessa Scarletti as Isirathon, and Act Ash as Spymaster Jarrett. Inspired by the unpublished works of Rochelle Hill. Produced by Bumblebear Creations. Directed by the Campion Audioverse, in association with Half of Dragons Radio, Casting Arrow Productions, and Dragon Rose Publications. If you enjoyed the story, leave us a rating on Spotify, like us on YouTube, or leave a Podchaser review. Links are in the description. You know I can feel you, right? You're meant to be able to go unnoticed, Spymaster. I have no reason to hide from you, old friend. But thanks for the tip. Speak freely, Jared. The others are busy elsewhere. And your brother is far too busy getting battle plans drawn up with Anbir. Apparently Vipus is dabbling again. It's happening, isn't it? That time is nearly upon us. <laughs> is it that obvious? Only to eyes that have been trained to see through even the greatest of masks. Don't worry, I don't believe any of the others have noticed yet. But it's only a matter of time. They need to know sooner 
or later. Not yet. I cannot be distracted by this. Our father's will must be their focus, not my troubles. Kegdramasa's struggling too, and a Seraphon. Which is exactly why I need to remain quiet about it. I need them to know that no matter what happens to me, our purpose remains. If I appear wanting, how can I keep them strong? As always, you can count on my discretion. After all, I'd be a poor spymaster otherwise. But it wouldn't hurt to let them know that they're not alone in their suffering. It might even be... Oh, what's the word? Inspiring to them. Our duty comes first, Jared. They are inspired by the Creator. That is enough to overcome anything. Not to mention Kegtramas's nearly endless supply of song and sonnet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious though, Jared. Not a word. <laughs> Understood. Lord Warden. Father, grant me the strength and courage to do your will, no matter the cost to myself. I beg of you. Not since the late 1950s has horror been so scary. <coughs> Giant Monster Production presents horror comedy at its best. Each issue's packed with action. Shoot him, Pat! Shoot him! Suspense! Any hunter that figured out how to find them have all disappeared. Heroism! Oh, yes! Because the vampire is going to get me. Romance. Bruno Domenico. Wisdom. How am I going to be able to start the fire if I wasted signaling for help? Friendship. I don't think it's that far of a drop. I think you'll be okay if he just tucks and rolls when he comes down and not lay on his feet. An axe of courage. If we're being honest here, Bruno did kill both of them. They are the last line of defense against the things that go bump in the night. We are monster hunters, are we not? Oh, the humanity. Tales of the Monster Hunters, presented in Monster Scope. New issues available bi-weekly, wherever you get your podcasts.